This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording live from Glory Hole Studios, here. This is Cognitive Distance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. This is episode 543, 42? Woo! Oh, he doesn't know! I gotta check! <laughs> Damn it, 42, 500. I haven't done that in a long time. Oh. 542. For some reason, Cecil, uh. I almost said 432. <laughs> I don't know what the hell is wrong with me today. We are, you know what's wrong with me today? I'm fucking discombobulated by the the, the fucking sheer <laughs> unlikelihood of having our esteemed guests on today. <laughs> I we are joined by Dan and Jordan from Knowledge Fight. Guys, hey, hey, I'm Jordan. Uh, so good to be on wow. cognitive discombobulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoy it. <laughs> that should have been our. That should have been our title. That would have been great. God, can yeah. you imagine people just go ahead and type discombobulation <laughs> into your browser? Yeah. <laughs> We're already asking them to yeah. write cognitive dissonance somewhere. I always think there's an A in Holy cognitive, shit. which is probably... Cognitive. We're from Chicago. <laughs> yeah. It's cognitive dissonance. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, I love it. I love it. Oh, God. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Sorry about our tech issues. Yeah. Uh, it's a treat to... Uh, to see you guys while you yeah. can't see us. <laughs> That's how we like uh, it, so it's fine. Yeah. yeah. You can't just see me uh, vaping like a man who's completely <laughs> lost his will to live. This is a lot like a glory hole. Like, we get to see what's going on on one side, through the people. You guys don't know what's happening. It's perfect. Yeah, I we think do. There's a exciting. dick in our face. Yeah. That's what's <laughs> two of them. Yeah. <laughs> guys, we want to start out the show because we, we've, we've talked a lot about Alex Jones with you guys because you guys are the Alex Jones experts on the internet and everybody goes to you to hear about Alex Jones stuff, but we wanted to Such talk a to weird thing to choose to be experts yeah. about, by yeah. the way. <laughs> Just want to throw yeah. it in. Just still. I mean, it's yeah. a little weird and obsessive, but it's cool. It's you guys. It's your thing. Yeah. It's your jam. <laughs> but we, what we wanted to do is we wanted to sort of broadly talk about politics with you guys because we've never actually broached the subject and we have a feeling, we're not sure, we're hoping that we are on the same political spectrum. I, I don't know. I can't see you guys if you're wearing MAGA hats or not, but I don't think so. Uh, so I don't know. How do you feel about eco-fascism, my friend? <laughs> Are you guys on board with that? I want to save the environment, but also exclude minorities. <laughs> I I'm in favor of Trump boats sinking. I don't know about you guys, but I think that's pretty oh. cool. But here's the thing. like, We want to just sort of talk a little bit in general about politics. We've never really done with you guys. I want to start by talking to you guys about the Democratic primary that happened in the last year and who has emerged. So what mm. were your thoughts? Wait, 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 wait. Was that this year? Was it this year? <laughs> the primaries no, it was last were in year. 2020? It was last year. Because, you know, like, like the voting happened early this year, but most mm -hmm. of it was done. They were, oh, my God. Yeah, it was, it was 
Time is, a, is it's just the before time now. That's all I call it. I call it the before time. Yeah. Hey, hey, great question. You've really made us all introspective and depressed. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> tell me about your past. I don't remember it. <laughs> I I seriously like that. That was a year ago? Yeah. That is I remember, that's less than 12 months ago. I remember ago. a year ago, you and I did a live stream, Tom, where we ranked all 37 of the Democratic Holy nominees shit. or whatever. Yeah. Th- oh, 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 my God. There's such a simple time. Yeah. 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 Oh. There was a whole clown car full of them. And the next week, Tom, we rated cookies. I don't know if you remember that, but we did it. We did. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That was a... Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, back when you could fucking eat a meal with somebody. Like, <laughs> which was more contentious of a debate, the cookies or the Democratic <laughs> candidates? Tom and I agree on we a were- lot of things. It's 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 definitely uh, the cookies. Uh, he yeah. and I disagree yeah. more on food than we on anything else. Um, we do. So let's talk, though. You know, we go back to the clown car that had like Marion Williamson in it and Swalwell and mm-hmm. all those other people. Oh, I, I don't know if you guys yeah. are super familiar with who was in there, but there were some big names that made it far into the debates. I mean, talking about Andrew Yang made it pretty, pretty far uh, yeah, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, you know, so, so when we're looking at these, uh, and then what was that guy's name? Bloomberg who got fucking ass raped on stage. It was amazing. <laughs> Bloomberg getting oh my wrecked God. on stage by, by Liz Warren. It's like, I never knew I had that kink, but I loved it. Um, so, hey, so hey, don't talk that way about the guy who won American Samoa. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a minute. Let's go back. Let's rewind time into a more wistful time. Tell us what you thought about the Democratic debates and, and what you think about the front runner now. Huh. Jordan? Uh, I, I, well, first off, uh, I, I supported ba- Bernie, but only after Senator Mike Gravel uh, had to drop out. Uh, I don't know if you remember Mike Gravel, but he was the senator who... Uh, basically didn't run at all and two teens just campaigned for him the whole time. <laughs> Are on you a, serious? Yeah, 100%. Look up Senator Mike Gravel. He's retired. He's like 89. Nobody, he didn't go out. He didn't talk to anybody. Two teens were just like, this guy is a progressive hero. So fuck it. Let's try and trick people into voting for him. And I appreciate that. Oh my God. Uh, also, they had the most left-leaning uh, platform of any candidate, period. Uh, but that was because they were teens and they have hope or whatever. So that was my choice. <laughs> I saw that as a crass uh, PR uh, kind of affair. Yeah, probably. And never took that all that seriously. No, of course uh, nobody. But took that's it the difference seriously. between you and I. Uh, I had hope too. I was a teen once, and you were born like this. <laughs> yeah. I assume. <laughs> I was sixty from day one, and just over it. Yeah. Uh. Is that baby have a beard? What is happening with that baby? <laughs> that baby did have a beard. Squinty ass eyes, big beard. I'm glad we're in a hospital because mom is looking <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I would say that I too was uh, uh, more towards Bernie than uh, other candidates uh, from from policy standpoint. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I never. I don't know. I. I didn't uh, think that uh, the primaries were all that impressive. And I think a lot of people lost their minds um, in a lot of really bad uh, behaviors between yeah. uh, between uh, uh, fan bases. Yeah, let's that's say. Uh, absolutely not, true. I'm not saying that that's as like a, a pointing yeah. the finger at any yeah. particular one, like Bernie bros or anything right. like that. That's not that's not my point. I think a lot of people got into like 
really, really hard hurting each other kind oh, yeah. of yeah. Yeah. mentality. It became very yeah. tribal. It became really tribal in a in a sort of scary way where, you know, we should be on the same side, but the Democrats once again ate themselves because you're not as far left as me or you're you're not as far you're not as close to the center mm. as me. And so there was just a and I'll I'll be honest, I will be honest. There was a couple of people on the stage that I absolutely loathed and did not want them to get the nomination. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I could American not Samoa would disagree with you. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course, Bloomberg, I fucking, that guy was awful. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I hated Amy Klobuchar. I really did not sure. want to see anything that Amy Klobuchar did become policy. I thought she felt really corporatist to me. Um, and I also really didn't like Biden. Um, I was not a Biden fan at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I feel like there was a lot of things that when I, when I saw it happening, I was like, oh, this is, it's, it's turning in the, in the worst way. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, I was, I was actually a little, little disturbed, but I will say that, uh, that one of the surprises that came out of this, and I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts on this, was Andrew Yang going as far as he did and the emergence of universal basic income into the vernacular, which is something Mm -hmm. that Tom and I were both really surprised by. And it seems like something that could feasibly be something that happens in the future. Uh, Universal basic income? Uh, I mean, if you're predicting what the future is going to bring now, I think you're a a silly person. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, That's fair. fair. A a lot of things are possible, but it seems like the most likely one is we're stomped under a boot. So it's hard to think universal (laughs) basic income is the way to go. Yeah, and it's tough to be like Uh, somebody who spends his time looking at like these sort of anti-communist right-wing propaganda types uh, and seeing how they paint someone like Joe Biden as a fringe socialist uh, communist uh, uh, radical and then imagining how aggressively the push would be uh, from their end against something that would be like universal basic income. Yeah, imagine trying to give those assholes money. They would hate you. They would storm a fucking <laughs> state house to keep yeah. from getting a check. You know, that 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 does bring up like one of the lessons I took away from the primary was like never under never underestimate the left's ability to become deeply entrenched, siloed and defensive about the littlest fucking issues, right? Like we, we look at Biden now and like the criticism from the right is like, he's too far left. I almost think like, man, it wouldn't even matter if we had somebody that was far left. They're going to use the same slur. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. They're going to, they're going to use the same, like, you know, this guy is a, is a anti-fascist, a Trotsky communist, Marxist. Well, one you thing, know, whatever, whatever is one thing they, they I've, can throw uh, out I've, there. I've thought is that uh, these, these uh, 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 insinuations and like, uh, complaints of like, oh, Biden's a evil socialist monster. Those are slurs to to the right wing, but they're also in a certain way permission to the left wing. It doesn't matter if you're going to be a centrist or not. You're going to be portrayed as a liberal. So fuck it. Go all in. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that seems the smartest way to go. You're right. You, you, no matter what, you're going to be betrayed in the sense that, you know, like if you, the, the farther left you are, the worse off you are because the left in this country is the center everywhere else on the globe. It's not a, we're not, we're not a left leaning country at all. We're a, we're a, we're a far right leaning country and our farthest left people at this point are the people that are, you know, we would be considered centrists in other countries. You know, Bernie's, mm-hmm. Bernie's pushing for stuff that literally almost every other standardized nation, every other, every other, you know, industrialized nation has. You know, Bernie himself is not is not far left. Bernie's fucking 
Bernie's a centrist in other places all around the world. So you're right. You know, we feel like we'd be betrayed all the time. What was who else though on that on that stage except for Bernie was far left? I mean, I can't think of anybody else that was far left. Most people had pretty center leading policies. I mean, Marianne Williamson is about as left okay. as you can get. Well, <laughs> I mean. I- she had like a weird like crystal thing going on. <laughs> What's like, that's pretty yeah. that's pretty that's, that's pretty, pretty far left. left. That's pretty far left. Yeah. <laughs> that's I think maybe the question should have been rephrased. Who who is far left that Fair enough. Yes. That, that, that isn't Marianne Williamson because that woman was fucking I I she was I I got to say like she was the bright spot yeah. for me in a lot of those debates. Like watching the fucking debates and then she'd be like you know, <laughs> you're just like, oh, yeah, yes. The rent is too damn she's high. About to right. sing, she's about to sing If I Could Buy the World a Coke on stage. And you're just like, right. what the fuck is wrong with this lady? She's an insane person. She was great. She was absolutely amazing. <laughs> I like the way that you put that. This lady was out there. She was nuts. She was insane. She was absolutely great. She was great. She, I love yeah. her. She, she was made, fantastic. She made it Really, all. yeah. So what do, you, what do you guys think then of the final process? What do you guys think of Biden? And what do you guys think about this upcoming race that's happening now? I mean, we're, we're under two months away. Well, well, to, to start at, I wanted to lo- loop back to what I was saying really quick, just to clarify my answer, because I think it'll help answer this question. And is that like when people were fighting with each other a lot in kind of like pretty ugly ways during the primary, I think that the I, I'm not saying that as like a really condemning way. I think a lot of that is because each sort of faction uh, believed that their candidate was the best that was able to create a better situation out of beating Trump or being able to beat Trump, which is an existential threat to a lot of people. So whenever there is all that ugly fighting, I think it's kind of uh, a representation of people wanting something better and caring. So I'm not, I don't, I don't say that to deride uh, necessarily. Uh, But now that's kind of where I'm at is like, uh, you know, it doesn't I, I, I can have as many complaints about Biden as anybody else. Uh, it doesn't change anything. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, there's Nothing an existential threat of uh, no. Trump presidency yep. Yep. again. Yep. And uh, it's just an unacceptable yep. risk to take. Well, I'll tell you what. I voted for Biden, even though he wasn't by any stretch of the imagination, my favorite mm. candidate from a policy p- position. But by the time by the time Illinois got to vote, Super Tuesday was over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's one hundred percent. All right, you know, Bernie has no chance in hell at this. He just doesn't like the numbers don't work. He's not going to be. He's not there. And like I thought, all right, Biden probably is just strategically. Yeah, I just felt like okay, he's not my candidate of choice of the of the fucking forty nine candidates that stood on the stage. You know, he was down among the bottom four mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, but when it comes down to it, like I'm a strategy guy. Yeah. like what I want is not Trump. Yeah, like that's what I need to have happen, and I. I got to say, like, my opinion here is like, I am actually glad it's Biden. One of the lessons that I learned from this Democratic primary is that America is not as far left as I am. Mm -hmm. America's really, really not as far left. And I think if we had gotten somebody who was as far left as I am um, or further left or whatever, like they would have nowhere near the same leads in the polls that we see, you know, with cross and and look at with crossed fingers with Biden. I think you kind of need a centrist right now. Yeah, and all the... To win, if we're talking about win. Yeah, and with the, like, uh, no matter where you are on the political spectrum, the right is going to call you extreme communist uh, left wing or whatever. Even though that is the truth, 
that doesn't play with a large part of the electorate. Like that really affects right. mostly the right wing folk and their ideas about the Democratic candidate. And you you may be right. right. You may be right that someone who actually has fairly left politics for our country's standards might have had a more difficult time than we like to think. Uh, I mean, well, in a way, what we're all really saying is that if Bernie was the nominee, all of these people who said they were never Trumpers would suddenly come out of the woodwork and be like, well, we can't have Bernie uh, be the president. Right. So we would find that's, out that's my real worry. We would yeah. wind up finding out how many of our friends are actually willing to sacrifice everything to become Nazis. Uh, so oh boy. in a way, we kind of we kind of missed out on that little boat. Uh, but um Rats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I think I would have felt way differently if the left had swung super far in favor of Bernie. If Bernie was just like Bernie or Warren or Booker, like if Booker less so, he's more centrist. But if, if Bernie or Warren had like taken the primary by storm, if they had just fucking crushed it, I, I, you would have been able to sell me that America is far enough left that you could drag the center and then the center right over left and actually win the thing. But when you saw how bad that showing was, it was like, holy shit, America is not as progressive as the progressives like to think we are. Not yet, you know, in terms of the numbers. And that that was a wake up call for me. That was a I was like, holy shit. I really kind of thought we were past this, <laughs> but we are so not past. Like, I know the right isn't past this, but I thought the left might have been past this. I mean, that's but that's we aren't beautiful. even close. <laughs> I know. Well, and I think I, I think what leads everybody to believe that, though, and especially when it comes to Bernie, you know, when everybody thought we were more and more progressive, um, and the reason why is because you know how badly Hillary did against Bernie, and so when we look back at that sort of thing, we think, okay, well, you know, Bernie's got a great shot. Well, it's yeah. just because I think people didn't like Hillary, and you know yeah. that's the problem. And so now you have a, a a situation where there's sort of this false sense because. Biden did not have the problems at all that he'll, that, that, you know, there wasn't, it wasn't even close to neck and neck. It was, it was pretty, it was, it was pretty much Biden's race the moment Super Tuesday hit. Sure. But the, the big disconnect between all of this is that whenever you put like liberal policies, like far left policies in front of people devoid of the context of political party or candidate, everybody winds up seeing a majority of approval for all those far left positions. You're not wrong. So, You're yep. not wrong. So to me, whenever we start talking about who's progressive in terms of like, uh, you know, the country is not that progressive in terms of policy. I think we are. It's just that we're so warped by the way the media portrays it as a competition or a horse race instead of we're trying to actually improve things like politics is not a oh, Biden's up ahead by five points. Politics is, how is it that we are going to deal with fucking climate change, guys? Yeah, we got to yeah. do something. Yeah. I, I, I right. like yep. that. My favorite part of this is watching you gesticulate towards the camera that's not on. It's not on, <laughs> but I'm so mad. I'm, I, like, I'm leaning in to you guys. Like, I'm seeing if I can get inside your faces to really drive my point home. It's very impassioned. And you can't see a thing. I will say this. One of the reasons why I voted for Bernie was he was going to executive order a ton of environmental change. His plan was from day one, he was going to come in the office and just 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 tear into the environment with a ton of executive orders that were going to hopefully start changing what's happening. And that sure. was one of the things that absolutely, I, I was like, there's no way I can vote for anybody else. Um, but I, you know, like, like 
uh, Biden has come. The thing is, is like, like the, the good thing about the primaries, and we see this all the, all the time, is that, you know, good ideas rise to the top and people start talking about it. I mean, look at when I, I, and then I, you know, Biden I talked about wins you, the nomination. Well, <laughs> well and, and he's come farther left because of it. I've seen, there's a lot of things that he's yeah. done. That's that it's changed. That changed from where he was, I think in the beginning. And I mean, I even think about when I talked about UBI, look what happened when, when, when coronavirus hit, there was two or three UBI bills on the table. There was, you know, yeah, we got a crappy stimulus from the government, but there was a there was a couple of UBI bills already on the table once coronavirus is to say we should just start paying people X amount of dollars a month. Um, they got shot down because we have a Republican Senate, but but there's a, you know, there there was at least a push and a uh, a group of people in the country, a large group of people in the country that were nodding their head along, going, no, that was a good idea. Well, but to, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that that means nothing or anything, but like, I mean, Ron Paul put forward a, like <laughs> abolish the fed bills yeah. every year and there was a number of people nodding along with it too yeah it, i'm talking uh, about it, population not not just like five right. people that are following ron paul with ron paul signs like i mean yeah. like there was a significant group of people in the country that were thinking that was a good idea you clearly didn't go to paul fest <laughs> <laughs> paul fest are you kidding me i'm a paul bearer get the fuck out of here <laughs> So let's let's shift gears and talk about let's history. History is not going to look up, back upon that pun lightly. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to. I want to. Let's talk about the other side. Um, you guys, when 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 we first heard Trump was running, this was you know when first when when he first joined the clown car that was the the Republican primary in 2015 or whatever. Tom and I thought it was the funniest thing we'd ever heard. We thought it was hilarious when he got uh, when he got endorsed by Michelle Bachman or not Michelle Bachman, uh, Sarah Palin. Tom and I mm -hmm. played the entire yeah. clip on our show and talked about it. It was so fucking amazing and tasty and delicious. And those two idiots on stage together was just <laughs> brilliant. And we loved every second of it. And then he started getting closer and closer to winning. And we were like, ah, it's not a big deal. He's probably not going to win. And then uh, it turns out he does win. Mm -hmm. And so... Tom and I, uh, when he, when we weren't sure what to expect, but I don't, I'm going to speak for Tom here and think I did not expect yeah. it to be this bad. Where are you guys on the, on the spectrum of this? Uh, well, for me, uh, whenever Trump started running, um, I think it was summed up best, uh, by a former Chicago comic, uh, named James Fritz. He tweeted out something. I want to say like, uh, two weeks before Trump, uh, clinched the nomination which was that uh, it was for all of the people who are saying that Trump can't possibly win. You have never done road work as a stand up in the Midwest. Like that's the way <laughs> that we it's like and I, I experienced the same thing whenever I was doing uh, road stuff in like southern Illinois. You would see people like viscerally angry if you said anything negative about Trump, even back then when he only had like 20 percent of the Republican vote. So that's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. Most people didn't know that because they're not road comics. <laughs> <laughs> road comics are in a unique position to be in towns for one night that yeah. almost nobody yeah. uh, ever yeah. would have a reason to go to. Yeah. 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 So that's why they're prophets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't yeah, go that, that far. That is, that's not that, you know, looking at it now and looking at his following now, it's not surprising to hear that. 
But thinking no. about it back then, it is. You know, if I put yeah. myself back sure. into that position, it's it's surprising. Now, it's uh, I can't see it as anything other than a cult. It's terrifying cult. But but before it, before it got to this point, I didn't think of it like that, and I certainly didn't think of it during his primary. No, sure. I think I was the same. I mean, like, just look at this from a pure like what people will wear on their bodies standpoint. Like you see people with like Trump shit now. They are fucking decked out like their cars, their boats, their bodies, their hats, their shirts, their fucking people are getting fucking tattoos and shit. You never saw that before with any other president. You clearly like, didn't you see- go to Paul Fest. <laughs> <laughs> I said president, not candidate. He's my president. <laughs> <laughs> He's I the president it. of your heart. This red was started by three like, senators only. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you would seriously, you'd see a bumper sticker, right? Or like a lawn sign. Now people are fucking decked out with like full fucking like regalia. I mean, come on. Like, Obama's hope image was fucking everywhere. Like it was on a like, t- yeah, it was not, on like t-shirts let's not go and too shit. far. Yeah. Hope was fucking everywhere. Well, it's it, like campaigns all have merch, but well, I think yeah. I think yeah. the point still is I don't think is it's valid, to this level. It's it's excessive yeah. what's going on now. Yeah. That's fair. And it's it's and it's like it's more like you know, it's more like on your personhood now. You know what I mean? It's like one thing to have like a poster up and you're like, I got a poster up. People are like fucking flying like flags and their other flag had a flag on that flag and they've got a fucking hat and their hat is wearing a shirt and their shirt has a tattoo. <laughs> and it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. You look at like, we have a new thing. We have a new thing with it. Like you have like a four year electioneering site. You, you, you've to got, uh, you've like, got people ironically getting uh Trump university tattoos. Yeah. Proud alum of <laughs> Trump university. I don't know if anyone's doing that. That might've been a joke. Oh, might that'd not be amazing been. if they were. <laughs> oh, you almost had me. I was like, oh shit. I got to see that. I'm Googling it right now. It's amazing. Trump stakes tattoos. Yeah. That might've been more believable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think not to, not to bring it back to Alex Jones uh, all the time, but I think this is part, partly a function of the, of a, a right wing grifter being the president instead of a right wing uh, liar. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Part of Trump's game is the grift. So he's more centered towards selling stuff in the same way that if you listen to Infowars, you're going to hear Alex Jones like constantly beat the drum, buy my pills, buy my merch over and over and over again. So in a way, it makes perfect sense. Trump is still just trying to make money out of this shit. So I saw something today that like like one point one million dollars like billed to his private hotels during times when those hotels were closed for secret service, like personnel to show up and like, mm. I mean, the man, the man is making a mint off this goddamn presidency, totally. but he's donating, but he's donating his salary, Tom. And that yeah. means, right. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes it go. better. Jimmy Carter put his peanut farm into <laughs> a know. blind trust. So I know, <laughs> I don't know how to I deal know. with too much. I know, I know. God, I want a peanut farm. <laughs> that, would be, that would be great if in the in 1978 it was suddenly revealed that the government bought 10 million pounds of peanuts. For the Secret no. Service. <laughs> exactly, for the Secret <laughs> Service to eat. The Secret Service was going out to ball games every weekend, so there yeah. you go. You go to the Secret Service headquarters, it's just covered with peanut shells everywhere, like an old bar. <laughs> it <just laughs> smells like the VFW. They put out a new food pyramid that's all peanuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the presidential peanut fitness award. Yeah. All right, I'm going to get out of here. I think I had my fun. Uh, Our new mascot, no longer a bald eagle, Mr. Peanut with wings. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is a bald eagle a mascot? 
not even sure. All right, the Fighting Eagles. It's America. <laughs> <laughs> so we move into our current situation with the coronavirus. Uh, there's been so much that's happened since this started. What do you think about the United States coronavirus response thus far, guys? <laughs> great. Perfect. Couldn't cool. be better. You know, I Trump think, nailed it. I think uh, we've definitively <laughs> proven that herd immunity is the way to go. I'm pretty sure that that's <laughs> the strategy we... I know it's been months, but I heard recently that it'll be gone soon, so oh, I believe boy. that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, no, it's yeah. been bad. It's been bad, right? <laughs> yeah. it's It's hard to accept that, like, they have so destroyed everyone's faith in science that even I am at this point, like if they came out with a vaccine in October and I didn't have fucking 10 different experts saying this vaccine is safe, I'm now an anti-vaxxer. Wow. You know? I'm like, wow. I, can't, I don't know if I'm going to take this shit right now because these fuckers are liars. You know, like it's hard to it's hard to deal with that. Yeah. Just just today, there was something that like the CDC's website. Um, I was just reading. I was just reading this after like late this afternoon that like. Some of the new guidelines that have been recently published on the CDC, the CDC is like, we didn't write that. Yeah, it was, it was the HHS. It was like Alex Azar directly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is not good. And they're like, yeah, you can tell that wasn't us because they don't use the same scientific terms of art that we at the CDC as science talking guys mm -hmm. tend to use. They're like specifically reference COVID-19. Like, yeah, we don't call it COVID-19 on our fucking... We call it by the actual name of the motherfucking virus. Not... And they, they don't, like, they're like, that's not us. Yeah, we just, it, was, we didn't wow. write it was weird when the CDC used a racial slur to describe <laughs> the virus. That was a that was a surprise. <laughs> yeah, that was a I really weird that. thing to put we on your website. We call that the Chinese flu. Thank yeah. you. It's the Kung flu. Yeah. The CDC oh, yeah, is here yeah, for yeah, accuracy, yeah. guys. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that's been really difficult, I, I recognize I'm coming from, like, a place of privilege to an extent. Like, you know, I work from home, and so, you know, I, I have a greater ability to protect myself and stuff. But like, for sure, one thing that's been really weird is, is seeing how much my perspective has changed since the beginning of all this. Like when, when the first news was breaking about there being a coronavirus that was outbreaking in China, like my immediate response was, this isn't going to be that big a deal. Like people are really exaggerating what's going to, because I've lived through other virus outbreaks. And I know that, these things happen naturally. It does happen. And people have studied these things. They know how to do best practices to contain things. And I, I never imagined that we would allow ourselves to get to the point that we're in now. And it's been, yeah. it's been such a disillusioning process of like, I thought we had this. Well, Trump's own government in 2018 built a literal, like step-by-step -step, if a pandemic happens plan. And then it happened and they were like, what if instead we just uh, hoped that only black people die? Like, I guess that's what <laughs> that's what they did. It was it's fucking well, you brutal. know what? I, if you don't count the blue states, almost nobody. Which is yeah. not oh, true. You don't count the states. Which is not true. You don't count the states where people live. The numbers are but down. What's, too. what's hilarious is that they added all those numbers up today because I know that he said that shit out loud. He said, if you don't count right. the blue states. But if you add all the numbers up for the red states and you just took the red states, it'd be the worst in the world. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, are you saying that it doesn't matter and that he's a liar no matter what? Holy shit. I, I you know, I know that that's, that might come to a shock to someone, but it's, yeah. Yeah. God. It, it's so hard to have like just these very elementary things of faith uh, and trust stripped yeah. back. Yeah, 100%. Like, that's just all like, that's the process I think uh, I'm going through is just like, 
uh, the baseline stuff that I thought like, oh, well, we can believe that. Well, maybe. I think. I think and, another, and then, and then yeah. how do you go from there and maintain enough critical uh, sort of social trust that you don't end up becoming someone like Alex? Totally. Jones? You know, how do you not become a conspiracy theorist while maintaining like, I don't fucking know anymore. It's hard. It's how hard. How do you not become a conspiracy theorist yeah. when there's a literal conspiracy trying to kill people mm -hmm. like it's it's right. trump's family and jared kushner and bill barr and those people in that circle all conspiring to get us killed yeah, well they're, 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 i mean it used to be that you could say things um like when i mean you could say them as as far back or as soon as like february or march of this year you say look well i'm just you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna rely on the cdc i'm gonna look at their website i'm gonna believe in what they say because those are the guys that are you know they're not they're not in the politics they're not in the thick of things this is the Center for Disease Control, for God's sake. Like, we're going to believe the scientific experts. But everything has become politicized. Every fucking thing has become politicized to such a ridiculous extent that, like, just trying to figure out what's true. Yeah. No, it, it used to be that, like, figuring out what's true, if you had, an, if you had a method for truth-seeking that was reliable, figuring out what was true was not an impossible task, right? Mm -hmm. Now it's fucking rolling a boulder uphill every day because it's like, well, I'll just check the CDC. You can't check the CDC. Okay. All right. Uh, I will, uh, fuck. Actually, that's kind of the guys we're supposed to go to for this. Yeah, I know a, I know a doctor you and can talk to. And who is the better secondary source? The who? Ron Paul. I mean, who is the better source? <laughs> ah, you got me on the Ron Paul. <laughs> I, rem I remember talking with Cecil like, like before this started. And I was like, God, can you imagine if something like a pandemic hit in the United States? I remember we said this out loud, Cecil, before there was any inkling of it. I was like, can you imagine if we faced a real, I remember it was on this show. I was like, imagine as bad as all this is, imagine if we had a real crisis, like a pandemic. And then like a few months later, it was like, fuck you. A year ago, we did an episode where we, we were making fun of somebody who interviewed a time traveler. And the uh, the time <laughs> traveler was talking about how I think it was Martin Luther King's granddaughter became president in 2030 or something like that. But she wouldn't be the right age. She wouldn't meet the age requirement. <laughs> so we were joking around about how like, OK, well, for this to happen, there would need to be a gigantic worldwide uh, uh, outbreak that mostly <laughs> oh, affects older no. populations. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and we were just talking about this as like a way that yeah. someone might lower the age requirement for president. And yeah. then, you know, a couple, here we are six months later, <laughs> this virus happens and people are like, hey, did you listen to your old episode? You predicted this. I was like, that was not a prediction. That, it was, was, that wasn't it was, our idea. We were joking. Goof, yeah. We were having a good old time. Yeah. I will say this. The one thing that is that is the most the most surprising thing to me, you know, because if you look at the CDC and the sort of politicizing of that, it's it's shocking, but it, it if if it falls right in line with pretty much everything that Trump has done up to this point, right? So it doesn't, yeah. it does not, it's not one of those surprising things. It's shocking that he would do it, right? It's shocking that he would push that his administration would put people to make statements that weren't completely true to make himself look better. But that, that it's not, it's not like one of those things like you go, Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. The one thing I really can't believe is the anti-masking stuff that's happening. Like it, one, it doesn't make any sense to me to, to, to it, it just in general, like what's the worst thing that happens if you wear a mask? I don't, I don't understand why you would even be anti-masking other than just to be a dick. But the, the anti-masking stuff that is happening is Literally a zombie movie, someone 
saying, no, the zombie bites are fine. We're good. And then like getting bit by a zombie, seeing someone get bit by a zombie, seeing them turn into a zombie and be like, no, it's cool. I'm just going to hang out over here at the petting zoo, the zombie petting zoo. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, I imagine just- the next zombie movie is going to be about herd immunity to zombies. And I don't think it's going to go well. <laughs> There's going to be people in a fucking jewel or whatever being like, the zombies are our friends, people. And they're going to be yelling because there's enough zombies. If I can't be a zombie, you're stealing my freedom to be a zombie. Look, I know zombies are a big problem, right? Fine. But what about these stores? (laughs) (laughs) Zombies are looting. Zombies are looting. You know how many people people die a year from the flu, though? I mean, come on, guys. Zombies are bad. I, uh, yeah, the mask, the mask stuff's really interesting. I think it's all just like from, from the sense that I get from taking in so much of this, like right wing media, like a lot of it is basically surrounding the idea of uh, not doing it is standing up to domestication of the state and stuff like that. And that's kind of like where, wait a minute, are we going to teach it to like pee in the house or what do you mean <laughs> domestication of the state? Like, what does that even mean? Well, it's, it, wait, 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 wait. You can pee in a house now? This is news. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like a, if they can get you to wear a mask, they can get you to do anything, and then you're going to oh be microchipped. God. No, they can then... get me to pay taxes. They could get me to do anything. Like, yeah. Here, give me 30% of your income. Roy Dogi, like a mask. <laughs> Fuck me. Here's a mask. Hey, I'm not yeah. saying it makes sense. I'm just telling you what they think. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, but the, the thing that I think is really funny is like how it's shifted. Like the excuse to not wear a mask has shifted over the course of like this whole period. There's been like so many different attempts to be like it makes you breathe in CO two or you know like it'll strangle you. Like all the, they have like a hundred different things. <laughs> like after each one has been like, all right, we're bored of this. Oh, here's a new thing to yell at people. It's uh, it's weird. It is very weird. I don't. I think part of it is more like uh, that the whole right wing philosophy is essentially a house of cards. So here's here's what happens. If you believe the CDC before the right wing comes out and says all that nonsense, right? If you just take what the government says at face value, then you have broken every compact the right wing has ever made. So you can't do that. You have to say that the government is lying to you because that's part of your foundational philosophy. Once you start believing what the government says to you, then what's next? You know, like, oh, now now they're saying that I should have health care. They're evil. You know, you can't give them an inch. So we were we were destined to have this happen. You think no matter what, because of because of right wing ideology, we were destined for this result. I mean, I think. Well, Dan, go ahead. Not destined like from the point of creation, but. Since Barry Goldwater. Let's yeah, say. you know what? Maybe. <laughs> Holy shit, really? Yeah, it's his fault. You don't think we could have gotten us? I mean, like, America's that far gone. Like, we're that divisive that, like... Because, like, back in... I was reading an article today that, like, back in April, the U.S. Postal Service had a plan to send out 650 million masks to everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, the Postal Service. Yeah, they service. had a memo. And then... Yeah. yeah and they were they were like, cool, we, we can do this. We had, they, had a, they had a huge plan, like a 10,000-page draft on like how to like get this thing done. Like they were going to give five for every household in America. And the fucking Trump administration nixed that. Like this seems like, do, do you think that would have happened under W? Um, I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. But then, you know, the decline of an empire is a slow process. Not, uh, it didn't just happen. You know, like the the circumstances by which we get Trump 
have been laid down for, I, I don't know, what do you want to say? Yeah, like true. since Nixon or go back further since Andrew Johnson, like at what point do you think that the groundwork was laid for this massive right wing uh, uh, cult takeover? You know, as Obama, it was it was I think it was during the Obama administration. I don't think America was ready for a black president. I think that question from time was answered pretty, uh, pretty seriously when Trump was elected. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I think I think genuinely those fires were all stoked during the Obama administration because Obama won two presidencies, was mostly blocked in the Senate and uh, and didn't really do a ton to make those the the country progressive, but instead constantly got fear mongering and hate from the other side that he was. I mean, I I remember having conversations with people during his first term that they like l- were literally terrified that he was going to take away all the guns, yeah. stop it so you could get bullets. He was just like it was just they, they were absolutely s- scared out of their wits about an Obama presidency. Mm-hmm. And well, so he was going to do think, all that stuff, but Alex Jones uh, talked about it and that stopped it from happening. <laughs> <laughs> That's the magical thinking of yeah. the. Uh, yep. Because it oh didn't happen, we stopped it. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter that it was never going to happen in the first place. You know how many uh, Antifa city burnings he's uh, stopped? <laughs> yeah, oh, no stop. You know, so many. let's talk. Let's talk about the uh, the the protests and the destructive protests that have been happening. We haven't really covered a lot of that stuff, and that. I mean, is it is it the end of America as we know it for these a lot of these right wing guys? They're very obviously stoking violence. Like they're trying yeah. to get their supporters to find it okay to think of these protesters as not people. And if they're not people, then anything you do to them is fine. They're automatons. They're Mm -hmm. robots. They're the stormtroopers in Star Wars. You can kill a million stormtroopers and everybody's like, yeah, 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 but they're stormtroopers. You know, it's it's the way that they treat everything. Yeah, there's a lot of that that mentality. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and, uh, rationalizing that right to life is equivalent to right to property. Yeah. Uh, th- those sorts of ideas are really running rampant uh, 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 throughout a lot of the right. What does Alex say on all this? I mean, Alex clearly is he is he uh, he's probably one of the. I mean, clearly he's one of these guys that uh, definitely is an anti-masker. I've seen him out there oh, handshaking yeah. and doing all that stuff um, during all these protests. These weird. He leads those protests. protests. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, with he, a tiny bullhorn. He's organized a couple of them. Yeah. Does he put a Does he put a mask on his tank and drive around? His yeah. Tank? <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he does. That's the only way he can get the tank into a store. Yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> they won't serve it at a gas station without with a mask. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, he does sell masks, which uh, is kind of ironic. Yeah. But that's amazing. Yeah. Oh my god, does he really? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yep. It's a right wing grift. <laughs> I fucking I love these fucking guys. Sometimes a part of me is just like, you know what? They're just fucking better at this than oh, we so are. Good. <laughs> They're just because there's, you know what? Like, let's just call this shit what it is. Like, they are a fucking numerical minority that was somehow maintains a stranglehold on power in this country. Thanks to and Barry like, Goldwater. You just have to say, like, man. They're just better at this. Like that team just wanted it more. This is fucking Rudy or like every fucking bad news bears or whatever. It's like they're shitty and <laughs> they're like not as good. The they're end. just like, well, I don't know these. I didn't ever watch a sports movie all the way through. I don't know anything about Rudy either, uh, except for he's small. I think he's like a short guy that plays football. Was, it's like, I'll uh, maybe uh, basketball. I don't even know what that <laughs> game is. But like, is it, but you know what I mean? It's the same. Like at, at some point, it's just sort of like, fucking, you know what? Hats off to you. Maybe we should be run by you guys. You're better at winning. Like, you're just better because you keep fucking us. There's less of you and you keep winning. 
Maybe you should be fucking winning. Do you know? <laughs> I don't the believe thing that, that but it's surprises amazing. me. The the th- the statement I use most uh, from Game of Thrones to explain this is uh, in the first season. Uh, whenever uh, the king was like, "What's stronger, five or one?" and he holds up five open fingers and he holds up a fist, and he's like, "One is stronger." So even though they're the minority over everything, as you as you pointed out on the left, you know, every time it's like. No, I think this is more important. No, I think this is more important. Where on the right, it's just like, I hate the left. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's very direct and simple. God. Anything the left does, I am against. I wish I- we need an abortion like yeah. style yeah. rally wedge crime. issue. Yeah, we need a wedge issue we like need, that. Yeah. We need our own thing. Yeah, yeah, we need something that, like, and it's got to be fuck. It's got to be like the biggest. Fucking thing. Oh, you mean like, like it's climate be change? Huge. The thing that we should be united around that somehow we still fucking aren't? Yeah, it's it's got to be something to do with controlling women. That's what I've learned from the right. Like, we've got to control our women. I think that's what I've learned. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> history left. will not I'm look back around. kindly. I'm going to cut that out, and that's going to be the preview for our episode right here. Have you ever been to Paul Fest? <laughs> 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 well done. What's our horribly immoral wedge issue? That's I know. We got to figure out one horrible moral wedge issue. I don't know. Maybe it's hysterectomies in ice detention centers. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Something. I'm going to go with something. super deadly hornets. They were in the <laughs> Northwest. We got to stop those fucking hornets, guys. I think we did. Uh, did, we? did we stop them? I don't know. You don't know. Maybe they got caught. Uh, I feel they all got COVID or they're on fire. I think yeah. we got the Hornet problem. Like, like there's no way to live that way. Like, like, that's what the gender reveal party was really about. We got to take care of these fucking Hornets. And that's what this gradual de- like uh, destruction of the environment through yeah, deregulation yeah, yeah, yeah. has yeah. been about. We have to make the environment inhospitable to murder Hornets. <laughs> the Hornets can't stand the heat. The long game. It is the long game. That's right. There's a oh, real pandemic God. and it's Hornets. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know when you're going to put this episode out, but apparently I didn't realize this, but a while back, we also did an episode talking about this uh, racist guy who claims to be an alien uh, named Eddie Page. Oh, yeah. He claims to be a Pleiadian. And then uh, eventually what now? He, he was he was saying he was like this alien. And then he revealed himself to be the dark angel Abaddon bringer of death. And uh, like you do. Yeah, I had forgotten about this. He predicted that the world will end on September 20th. Oh, shit. We're coming up. <laughs> yeah. He predicted that at the end of last year. And uh, it sounded really stupid then. And <laughs> Three days. Now, I'm Get worried. Get it out, guys. I'm worried oh, that my God. he was the oh, man, of, death. Of, of all people to turn out to be right, Eddie Page was not my number one guess. Oh. Well, uh, audience, if you're hearing this, he was wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, you're definitely wrong. Let's talk a little bit about a, a, a possible change of power. I don't want to get my hopes up in such a moment, of course, um, because they were dashed so greatly a few years ago. <laughs> so greatly. Um, it hurts. What uh, What do you guys think about uh, what would happen on the right uh, if... Because I remember, I don't know if you guys remember, but um, but when there were the women's marches and there was a ton of people who marched against Trump taking office uh, and there was like three arrests and four million people or something marched and there was like three arrests. The the right painted it as violent protesters. And I don't know yep. if you remember, but there was like this this huge painting of... This is angry, violent protesters. If we lost, we wouldn't be doing this. What do you think happens 
if if Trump loses? Um, well, uh, I would say the biggest problem that we're going to wind up having with this is that even if Biden is elected, uh, we're not done marching. It's not going to go back to normal because that's kind of probably going to be the instinct for the the business class is to treat this as another like, okay, we had our fun with Trump. Now we're going to go back to screwing people the way we did during Obama's years. And if we want to move forward, we, we just can't let that happen. I so agree. there still needs right. to be constant pressure on Biden to actually do something good. And that probably means that people are going to need to stay out in the streets. And that probably means that the right wing is going to get into conflict with them. Yeah. So I and if Trump wins, the right wing might wind up hunting us for sport. So I don't know how it's going to go. <laughs> but the conflict doesn't end at the election. The conflict doesn't end two years into Biden's presidency or maybe even four years like this has to stop because we don't have time to wait on incrementalism anymore. You, we're watching the entire Northwest burn. Climate yeah. change is the biggest issue that we can possibly imagine. It needs to be taken care of now. So we can't just go back to the way things were. And that means we're going to have to fight the right wing head on. And of course, also, you know, the sort of foot dragging tendencies on the left as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a big fight uh, for a long time, is my guess. That sounds so exhausting. Well, that's that's encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> that is encouraging. Yeah. Hey guys, I told you I you was going to bring first, positivity to this show. Didn't I say that lose. before we started yeah. recording? <laughs> I feel like yeah, it's not it's not like it's not like Biden wins and then it's like all right, cool. Well, those problems are now yeah, solved. Exactly. It's like all, all it does is set up it, all it, it doesn't even set up a precondition that allows for the solving of the problems. What all it does really is remove a roadblock which virtually guarantees those problems won't be. That's yeah. a great way of putting it, it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. puts in a potential so, sympathetic ear yeah. that, uh, that, that yeah. some progress could be made, which is just an impossibility now. Yeah. And I mean, consider, consider if we actually do try to enact any real left-wing policies, the Supreme Court is five to four against us. So that's another huge roadblock, and they're not going to care whether or not the Constitution says it's okay for people to have health care. They're just going to say no because they're insane. I don't know if you've heard this, Jordan. I have good news. What's that? Uh, multiple members of the Supreme Court are being blackmailed by the globalists. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so five to four is meaningless, my friend. <laughs> it's actually three to three to three. Yeah, I've heard this on a very reputable news what, source. What always blows oh my, my mind is how how much they want to try to be the underdog when they are in power. I, yeah. Every single thing is written in such yep. a way that makes them feel like the underdog. The way Trump is talking, the way Trump is even giving town halls where he's blaming the coronavirus response on Biden's <laughs> mishandling. Biden. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that was, was a big swing. That was a big better. swing. That was a big swing, yeah. Biden, yeah. Biden's hands aren't clean. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You're having, no, you're having, I, I think that's that's the theory of the big lie, though. Like, if you can get people to believe the big lie, you've got them. There's nothing that they can do. You tell them something yeah, that's right. obviously not true to their face. And if they nod yes, then you won. How do you convince somebody that the Supreme Court isn't in your favor if you're on the right? I mean, the Supreme Court is 100% in your favor. They fucking literally blocked that seat for a whole year to make sure that they could fill Scalia's seat with Gorsuch because they fucking knew for sure Obama was not going to put somebody in that was going to be like right-leaning. And so they Cecil, specifically blocked it. 
I don't know if yeah, you've heard this, but from a very reputable news source, I have heard that multiple members of the Supreme Court are being blackmailed by the globalists. <laughs> Is it Ron Paul? Is Ron Paul blackmailing them? Is that what's happening? Probably Rand. Yeah. Rand. Yeah, Rand Paul. That yeah. would be a good updated black exploitation film where at the end, instead of it being Nixon, it's actually Ron Paul who's the guy behind everything. <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I gotta get Dolomite to beat the shit out of Ron Paul. You know, I'm, yes. I'm joking around a little bit, but that is how they convince themselves. Like, there are like, oh my media sources that are insisting that although that it is a very clearly conservative leaning court, that uh, there's, you know, nefarious things at play and secret blackmail intrigue and and shit like that yeah 100 it's uh it's it's you know conspiracy is very effective in 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 those sorts of arguments that are just patently yep. absurd mm-hmm. yep well it's, it's perfect right conspiracy just automatically explains everything yeah. because it doesn't have any actual standard to to be held as to. a so as a built-in reason why you can't prove it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. right yeah right yeah I, th- I think part of it's because, like, the right doesn't win every single time. Like, the right recently lost a couple of, like, pretty significant social issue Supreme Court cases. So, like, if you're if you're a conspiracy theorist, that's all you need, right? Like, that's that's all you need is like, mm-hmm. oh, we did, we don't win 100% of the time. Yeah, which you should. So if, we're, you're, if your conspiracy yeah. theory is right, then yeah. you should win right. 100% of the time because you're right. right. Is Alex Jones a mass arrest guy? Is he one of those guys oh. who thinks that there's going to be some mass arrests that happen and he just keeps on saying it will happen and waving down the road? No, no, no. That's much more Q. Um, okay. Alex has a sort of push and pull relationship with QAnon and that he wants to control it and can't. And so he's mad at it. Um <laughs> <laughs> he thinks he treats it the, like a disobedient dog. He's just like yes, yes, beat it a little <laughs> bit. Yes, one hundred percent. Yep. Oh, he God. he has this mentality that's like all these dumb fucks out there thinking that these arrests are coming any day, and you should just do nothing because you know the plan is in place. He's he's mad about that stuff, but in the same breath, he will be like, William Barr needs to go arrest every Antifa member in this country. <laughs> so he wants mass arrests of all these quote-unquote yeah. globalists, but yeah, yeah, yeah. he doesn't believe that there's some secret internet commenter who knows the plan, I guess. That's the distinction he has. I, I, I don't know how to break it to you guys, but I'm the president of Antifa. I mentioned it a couple weeks ago on our oh. show. Oh, and that's I didn't nice. Wanna, I didn't wanna, it's nice to meet you. you. You guys can come over to our cupcake social. We have it uh, every couple weeks and then we go burn down a building. Um, it's fun. So I don't know if you guys want to join. Honestly, that sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. If that was real, I don't think I would say no. Yeah, get together. Get together and make some Molotov cupcakes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Put them in a small bag and like slowly toss them at a guy so he could shoot us. It'd be great. It'll be nice. Yeah. 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 Um, so I want to talk one more thing. You guys are following Alex Jones. Coronavirus is clearly one of the things that has dominated everything. So I'm sure he's talking a lot about it. But what about his grift on this? Is he selling like coronavirus boner pills? We know he's selling masks, but what else is he selling? We're, we're yeah. back on food buckets are big right now. Food buckets are the uh, the sort of prime. Yeah, he was selling like his weird like silver stuff uh, as a like preventative and like possibly a cure. Uh, but then the uh, the district attorney in New York sent him a cease and desist, and he's and he been pretty mad about that. So yeah. you can't sell yeah. his silver. Yeah. Yep. So we're you- we're back on uh, the world is going to end. So you better have your food buckets. Yeah. Uh, yep. Have you oh ever had God. one of his buckets? Hell no. 
Okay, I'm so here's what we should do. No chance. Here's what uh-uh. we should do. We should get a bucket and we should have you oh, guys yes. over for food once this is all over and or either we're dead or it happens, so it doesn't matter, right? Um, so if once this is all over, we'll have you guys over. We'll we'll get a bucket of his and a bucket of Jim Baker's and we could do a taste <sighs> test. Oh, have guys, a bucket off. Guys, this is a terrible idea, but this sounds like <laughs> a great Thanksgiving plan. <laughs> Jim Baker sells special Thanksgiving buckets with a Thanksgiving feast, my friend. Yeah, that's right. That's a Thanksgiving bucket that you hang on to for about 20 years and then bam, that's a good Thanksgiving. Mm. Oh, that's amazing. Guys, uh, if people were going to find your show on the internet, where would they look? Um, uh, knowledgefight.com is probably a good place to go. You got a link to the iTunes and, uh, the best episode for people to, if our show is really dumb and most people, it's hard to get into, but yeah, on yeah, knowledgefight.com, yeah. there's an episode people can listen to that's just good fun and hopefully they'd enjoy it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think and on Twitter, we're at knowledge underscore fight and I'm at go to bed Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I wrote a book. I wrote a book called uh, The Quiet Part Loud. Uh, and I oh. have it on a buy what you want uh, website, uh, thequietpartloud.com. You wrote a book. I wrote a book. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. We'll put a link to on this week's what? show notes. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm curious about your book. It, a, a very uh, interesting book structure. It actually yells at you. <laughs> I love the idea. I, what I will do is I will I will not pay you, but I will trade you a Jim uh, a uh, an Alex Jones bucket for your book. So I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. In these trying COVID times, we're bringing back bartering. Yeah. <laughs> you give me a bucket of food, and I give you a PDF file. It's I think perfect. that's a yeah, fair trade. Yeah. yeah. Until the electricity goes out, it's going to work for me. I think so. Guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We really had a great time with you. This was great. Uh, and people go check out Knowledge Fight. It's a great podcast. Yeah, Thanks we always for having have a great us. time with you guys. Thank you. So we want to thank our patrons. Of course, we want to thank all our patrons. We want to thank our newest patrons, Jewish Monk, Gerard, Perry, Aaron, Evan, Ken, Gabriel, and Brian. Thank you so much for your generous donations. We really do truly appreciate it. And so does Ian because we pay his salary with that money. So, <laughs> so thank you very much. And if much. you don't want a baby to go hungry, you'll pay Ian's right? salary. I just think not right? donating to the show at this point means you want to starve Ian's baby. That's what you're saying. You're baby starvers. God, it's so sad. That's mean. I'm just saying, so like, sad. I'm not a mean person. That's why I wouldn't do that. I always thought, Tom, we had a really empathetic audience. I did audience. too. I just, I, I thought, I don't know. I don't you know, know it's just, I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> All right, so uh, forgetting about Ian's stupid baby, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about some email that we got. We got a message from Dave, and Dave sent in a uh, Forbes article yep. that uh, I can't read because it's up behind a paywall. But, <laughs> I got uh, it if you want me to. But it, it, it clearly says it clearly says that uh, Alberta Premium is the new rye, like it's a brand new uh, rye. That's the best whiskey in the world right now is a Canadian whiskey. I would certainly try it, but now that it's been it's been sort of flagged as one of the better whiskeys. It'll probably be very, very difficult to get. So, see, so we should both try to find a bottle of this. When we both can find a bottle of it, let's let's have a uh, taste test on air. We'll do it on a live stream. Yeah, we'll try it. When you and I can both we'll have try it. it. Same company yeah. that makes this is the company that makes Whistle Pig and Masterson's, both of which I enjoy. Whistle Pig is... Whistle yeah. Pig is an excellent... I don't know. I've never had Masterson's. Whistle Pig is an excellent yeah. rye. I will say this... Um, I will say that the last time we tried a rye from Canada, someone had said that Crown Royals 
fucking rye or whatever was like number two or number one in the world. And it was fucking garbage. It's boring is the problem. Canadian whiskey was, to me it, tastes boring. Yeah. Tate, the, Canadian whiskeys and Irish whiskeys are both boring. Oh God. Have you ever super, had an super, Irish super, whiskey super that you wanted to drink? That's Never. a mixing uh, whiskey. No, no. No, I, I'll take that back. I, I've always wanted to drink them, but I've only ever chosen to drink them when I wanted to get fucking floor hammered drunk right. because that's the, they are amazing for that. Yeah. You could do fucking five or six yeah, shots right. in a row and be like, whatever. They, Doesn't taste like they anything. They taste like so. being Irish, drunk and stupid. Yeah. That's how they taste. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, uh, this is uh, uh, a message from Nick and Nick showed, Nick sent us a New York Times article about the gimpy gimpy tree, Tom. God damn. Australia is uh, almost every episode I go story hunting and we find some horror from Australia. This one was emailed to us. The gimpy gimpy tree is just a tree. It's just a tree. But if you touch it for no reason, just touching the tree will cause excruciating pain. And that pain, Cecil, can last for months. For months. This fucking tree, again, for no reason other than the fact that it's just in Australia and it has to protect itself from Australians. It's just covered with like millions of these stinging trichomes. And then those things themselves are covered in some fucking evil shit. So you're basically like putting tiny uh, fucking uh, like razor blades or, or pinpricks all over your body, like little hairs. And then those things just release toxins into you. And this is on a tree. This is just on Jesus a tree Christ. for no reason, except for that it's in Australia. Yeah. And nothing else can survive unless it is covered in <laughs> weapons. Unbelievable. It looks, and, and, and the stories sound terrible. It sounds like it, it lasts for a long time and it hurts. It sounds like marriage. I mean, it just, <laughs> it's terrible. Um, so the next story Ooh. is, uh, is a message. This is a message from Ben and Ben sends in a fucking photo, I guess, from where he was Fuck in this the, thing uh, forever. One of the, one of the faraway lands that we have our wars. And, uh, he had, a. Uh, taking a photo of a camel spider and it seriously looks as long as your leg. It's fucking the biggest, craziest. And I guess it's a scorpion, like a tiny, like a, it's not really a scorpion or it is a scorpion or something, but it, it's a fucking terrifying thing. This thing seriously looks like a face hug. It, it is enormous. This thing is, this thing is big enough, Cecil, that if you cooked it, you'd need those fucking crab claw breakers to crack it open and eat it. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> like a nutcracker. Yeah, yeah exactly. Get God damn. This thing, yeah. These things are absolutely enormous. I th There's no world it, where a bug should be of that size. No bug right? should be that size. No. Like, I don't even like getting a daddy long legs on me. Can you imagine getting one of these fucking things on Cecil, you? Cecil, if we knew these things were in Iraq, we wouldn't have invaded. There's no, no way. There's no, no way you would purposely go to a country. They, all they yeah. needed to do is be like, yeah, look, we have these things. We'd be like, fuck, no, I'm staying the hell out. Like, you can have your dictator or oil, or yeah. whatever reason we purportedly went over there. I don't I'm know. not going. Look, we only came over here because Dick Cheney wanted to get rid of us. We got an email from John, and John said, we're liars. Basically, here's the deal. I drove from Mississippi to Wisconsin. No idea why. He, he, he said that he wound up going, uh, driving up there, and he said, look, the crop, the only thing that happens is the crops change from soybean to cotton and cotton to corn. The temperature drops a bit. And uh, we un uncultured motherfuckers don't drink sweet tea. I don't think you drink sweet tea. Don't you just put it in the fridge and it solidifies into jello? Like, what the fuck do you do with sweet tea anyway? The only thing to do um, with, like, southern sweet tea is just to cut off your own foot from the diabetes and inject it directly yeah. mainline into your open arteries. Absolutely. Holy yeah, shit. No, I'm 
I'm not even kidding. I think it's, I think you can unmold it like a custard. <laughs> like it's fucking crazy. You could set it out for the hummingbirds. That's another option. Yeah. Just let them. That might be something you right. could do. Yeah. The bees would fucking spit that out for being too sweet is all I'm Absolutely. saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're 100% right. But anyway, he's saying, look, here's the deal. Fucking Illinois is just unbelievable. He said, I, I saw a sign that said, and this was in Illinois. It said, young thugs won't attack if they know the teachers can fight back. Gun saves lives. And those are, uh, they, they post all them over. all over in Illinois. And they post them all over the place, all over the country. But here's the thing. Illinois, outside of a blue bubble here and a two, two or three small blue bubbles in the rest of the state, we're talking the outskirts of, of St. Louis, Peoria, uh, Champagne, Champaign, and not even Bloomington. I would say Champagne is probably it. The rest of the state is all red and it's hard red. It's hard. I guess Rockford also would, might be a small blue bubble, but it's all hard red outside of Chicagoland area. It's just, and it is, it is crazy hillbilly play your fucking banjo, yep. sing your fucking songs and blow into a jug. Crazy, nutty, rural. It is absolute, but we just happen to outnumber all those yep. people. That's all we yeah. got. But it's, it's just the land. rest of the state is all red. Yeah. yeah. It could, because I mean, drive through Illinois. It's all empty land. There's nothing there. There's thousands yeah. and thousands of, I mean, hundreds of miles of nothing at all. Nothing. So yeah, nothing. the corn leans red. Yeah, it's a it's a hundred percent red, and I do not disagree with you at all. And I think that our 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 southernmost crazy, and not even our southernmost, just our our most rural portions of this state are just as backward yep. as some of the most rural portions of the rest of the United States, and they you know they are you know you you find just as many Dixie flags here as you would by you, I yep. bet. Um, it's just, yeah, it, it, it's, All it's day the same long. thing. Yep. Got a message. Uh, this is from Brian and Brian sent in two images of Neapolitan, but they happen to be Neapolitan of one flavor. So there's triple vanilla and triple chocolate. Yeah, this, like why on earth would you do that? A couple of things upset me about this. First of all, it's Turkey Hill ice cream, right? Which is, I mean, that's just, yeah, that doesn't sound sweet. good. But also yeah. Cecil, did you see the sell by date? Not the eat by date, even the sell by date. 8-28-2021. This that's is a long way. That's a year from now. You can sell uh, this a year from now. And I thought that sounded extreme, Cecil, until I realized there's no way anybody could sell this in a year. You yeah, couldn't that sell. You need, yeah. you need a full yeah. year just to move the two tubs yeah. of Turkey Hill Triopolitan, quote, exactly. premium ice cream. What could be premium in Turkey in Hill ice cream? Hour, in the 11th hour, you've got to put it on clearance. That's the other way to yeah, sell right. it. So that makes sense, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay, so we got a bunch of messages about Bob Woodward. We did. And we're going to talk about a couple of them. Um, one of them is from Elvis. And Elvis says, uh, basically, look, um, you know, if Bob Woodward goes public immediately, our scenario is that Trump would have to admit that he knew it was serious and that it's airborne transmission uh, and that untold numbers and deaths would have been averted. I don't want to sound like that's what I said out loud. I, I, I don't want to sound like I said, because I definitely said to Tom, I don't know what would have happened, right. right? I definitely said that out loud. I don't know what would have happened, but I don't want to present this as a, as a thing to, to think about as if we were per, per, predicting what would happen and looking back in the past and trying to predict what would have happened. I want to present this as a moral problem. This is essentially the trolley problem for me, right? So here's the deal. You know something, and you have an opportunity to maybe tell the public and that maybe changes somebody's mind. It's just like the trolley problem where you don't know for sure 
Um, you know, if I pull the the lever for the one guy, maybe the five guys run over and try to save that one guy and I kill six guys. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know. What the fuck? You don't know what's going to happen. True. But you guess and you do the most utilitarian thing that you, with your guess. And that's how I was approaching it. I was not approaching it from any kind of prognostication. I don't know what would have happened. Yeah. And neither do you, right? Neither do you. You don't know. I don't know. Nobody knows what would have happened. We have guesses and that's the best we can do. But I'm treating it more of as a moral problem. And if you understand and think there was something moral that he could have done, then you should act. That's that's where I stand on it. You know, I, I can see a case for maybe the more moral action is to use the information strategically, right? So, you know, sometimes if if the goal is like, hey, Trump is who Trump is, Trump supporters are who Trump supporters are, I believe I can get more public good from this information by releasing it close to the election and creating scandal and eroding any you know, yeah. any, then, sure. then and I can see that. Absolutely. So I want to give credence to that possibility. Like it's possible. It's certain. And, and I will say too, like, um, and I've thought about this since then, and I've listened to some other opinions on this. Like, you know, one thing that is, that is insanely intractable is the mind of the Trumpian audience. And like, they're not subject in weird ways that are hard to remember are true. They're not subject to new information. You know what I mean? They're subject to information that is only like biased toward their worldview. So if this information had come out and then Trump like an hour later said, even with a even with a playing in the background, even with a playing on repeat in the background, said, yeah, it's not really what I said. I'm not sure it would have mattered anymore. I don't, I don't know that things matter anymore in that way. I genuinely don't. And it's it's troublesome. So I understand that viewpoint. Um, and I understand why people think, you know. That maybe Woodward had a better strategy releasing it later. Maybe he did. I'll get. I I don't know, man. It's hard for me at this point. It's hard for me to decide. Like anything makes a difference. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Woodward. Woodward knew one of the things too that you got to consider. Right, is that Woodward is having conversations with Trump. He has to know he's a liar. So so when he's having these conversations with him. Maybe he doesn't even believe whether or not it was true that it was passed yeah. via respiration when he heard it in early March, right? Maybe he doesn't even believe that because he doesn't know what Trump says is true or not. Again, that's another thing. Maybe that's true. I think you're right, Tom, when you say there might have been different uh, strategies if masks would have been pushed early. Yeah. And they weren't. And there, I, I think that might be true. I think that might be something that we that we we might be able to think about and say, you know what? If Trump would have been the one to say it out loud, because you can't you can't look at what he says and, and and have somebody else say something, and if it's not coming from Trump, you don't know what that audience is going to believe or not believe. But if it comes from him, you do think that they might believe. Right. It. And I remember when this first started. Um, People I knew were not taking it seriously, right? So I knew some people who were not taking Same, it seriously. Yeah. They happened to be Trump supporters. The moment the Trump supporter, the moment Trump started to take it seriously, they started taking it seriously too. And so I think you're right when you, when, when you say like his voice mattered early on to do this, but I don't know if Woodward's voice saying Trump said it would have done anything. I definitely feel like I definitely feel like you got to try. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like you didn't try. It feels, you know what it looks like from the outside as a person who's looking at Woodward, it looks like a money grab, yeah. right? So that's why, that's why I initially have a, like a feeling of 
you did the wrong thing because it doesn't look like he did this strategically to hurt Trump. It looks like he did this strategically to make a lot of money. Yeah. And so that to me, that's why I initially pushed back on it. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, I, it's 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 hard to know. And he hasn't commented on it. Uh, we got a message uh, about vaccines and Martin wanted to let us know um, that not all vaccines, and I hope I didn't say this out loud. I, I I was talking about the vaccines that they were planning on putting out a couple of weeks ago when they when they announced the CDC announced that they wanted to have vaccine centers opened before the election. Um, the person who I saw was speaking had said that the vaccines that are the farthest along, some of the vaccines that are the farthest along, require a negative eighty Celsius environment in order to be transported. And Martin wanted to let me know that there's a lot of different vaccines that are just fine at that are that are going through the process now that are just fine at room temperature. And I wanted to make it sure that I mentioned that um, that that when I said that I wasn't I don't think I was saying all vaccines, but if I did, I misspoke. Got a message from Dan and Dan said, uh, you know, he's been wiping down his groceries the whole time. And then he just heard recently on Friday that uh, on the Skeptics Guide live stream, they said that it wasn't really worth the effort to do. Um, I remember early on, the, the timeline that I remember early on was the moment everything started to really hit and they started to do some lockdown stuff here in Illinois. And my last day at work, my actual office was like a Friday. I remember watching a couple videos and looking on the internet, like how is this spread? I remember really going out and actively trying to find and most places were not talking about masks at that time. They were talking about how when you go to the grocery store, it's living on plastic for tw up to 24 hours, cardboard's a little better. I don't know if you remember this time, yeah. but there was a uh -huh. big tests about how long the coronavirus can survive on these things. And they were pushing this and talking about this at such great length, I think because everyone had sort of exhausted the mask route already and said, oh, that's not how it's transmitted. So they were saying it's got to be translated in other ways. And so we're doing all these tests on how long it lasts and how long you can get it on these substances on these other places and like, you know, on different on different surfaces. And so I remember hearing and reading about it and being very conscious and hyper conscious about that sort of thing. And so it wasn't until maybe two or three weeks later that I started to see more and more and more. Tom had said earlier when we looked it up, it was early April when they started talking about how it can be passed through, uh, through droplets in the air. And from that point on, it started getting more and more and more closer to it's transmitted through the air. It's, it's as way more than it is transmitted in other ways. Right. Yeah. I, and I, I remember, I remember like one of the arguments about why masks weren't effective wasn't, wasn't related to the, to, to it not being spread respiratorily. It was related to um, the virus was, and I remember thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, that makes sense. The virus was just so small that it was like pouring water through a colander was the example that I remember reading. Like the virus was so small that the mask was effectively non-existent to the virus because viruses are nanopart. I mean, they're so tiny. They need an electron microscope to see them. So yeah. I was like, oh, that makes sense. But it's like, well, it's got to be carried on something. It typically carried on respiratory. So it like the, the, everything was emerging, I guess is my point. Everything was, everything yeah. was emerging. Everything was changing. And it's entirely reasonable to say like, man, unless you like, dove into this head first and read shit every fucking day. The conclusions in March were different than April that were different in May, which were different in June. And you know, who the fuck knows if they'll be different in November of this year. 
This is emer- yeah. this is an emerging. It's still an emerging situation. Yeah. You know the the information yeah. that we know when, when this first came out, it was thought it was just a respiratory disease. How long was that? I mean, that was the that was the prevailing theory for the longest time. Was this is primarily just a respiratory disease, and now there's speculation that this is in fact a vascular disease more than a yeah. respiratory yeah. disease. So you know the, it's it's okay, and we shouldn't beat ourselves up about it. To continue to consume news, to continue to fact check, and to continue to let our conclusions about this thing evolve. Yeah, that's absolutely that's how, that's how it should work, right? The more the more we get right. information. Someone sent in a message. Uh, Kitsune sent in a message for Vulgarity for Charity. They said, "Look, if it's not too much to ask, is there any way you can just put like the time codes on when the the thing happens?" I'm not a fan, and I just don't want to listen to it. And uh, I want to say that I've made it very easy. If you want to skip that segment, I know that we run them for the whole year. We sh- we, we 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 wanted to finish them much earlier. We we didn't get an opportunity to do that. Um, but the thing is, is that we've, we name our episode Vulgarity for Charity. So you know it's coming. We also put it right before the, it's the last segment. It's never like in the middle of the show. It's not the first thing in the show. It's always the last segment. So if you just listen until you hear the music for Vulgarity for Charity, you could just shut the podcast off. You might miss the email section, but you'd shut the podcast off and then you don't have to worry about it and you can pick us up next week. So um, we have done a very good job of trying to make sure that that is cornered in an episode. So you, if you don't want to listen to it, you don't have right. to listen. You won't to miss it. anything else. Uh, Tom, uh, Trent sent in a message. Um, we're going to limit our Kenosha talking to just this email. So go ahead. Um, this is from Trent. Trent says, if armed counter protesters show up, um, that's going to cause a lot of people to stay home or stay away from the event. In the same breath, the listeners defending Second Amendment while upholding the rights of armed individuals to intimidate others out of their free speech and the right to protest peaceful, peaceably. I think that's an interesting comment. Like, you know, our, our First Amendment rights are predicated upon our ability to um, engage in that free speech without intimidation. Now, obviously, that right is protected by the government or it's supposed to be protected by the government from the government, right? We don't have an unfettered right to speech, free speech, particularly in private spaces. But we're talking about public spaces. And when People show up with guns. You know, I got to say, like, if I'm having an argument, Cecil, and I'm having an argument just with Cecil, I'm okay. If I'm having an argument with Cecil and he's pointing a gun at me, suddenly it turns out I've changed my yeah. mind and I'm on your side because Cecil yep. could shoot me. It, yeah, no, it changes. Right, it changes yep. the power dynamic of that argument, yep. right? I'm, I'm probably going to be a little yep. less vocal. Like, I, uh, there, there are places where I'd be happy to have a fucking argument you know, with a bunch of white supremacists, but you know, while there's a cross burning in one of their rallies and I'm the lone voice, that is probably not one of those spaces. Intimidation yeah, right, right. Um, certainly does have a chilling effect on free speech. It matters. Yeah. It matters. Yep. Uh, we got a message from Elvis. This is an image we're going to post on this week's show notes. This is great. Uh, Joe Biden as the beast. So check it out. We got a message from Lou and Lou said that you can still get uh, COVID if you look at the who's website. You can still get COVID from surfaces. We don't want to, uh, one thing I want to tell you right now is do not get your medical advice from a podcast. So it, it, you should look at how you get coronavirus or not coronavirus. Go look at that on your own. Don't ever take our word for that. Um, and for a lot of other things, in fact, I mean, we're commentary guys. We're not yep. news guys. So um, so if I ever say anything that's a news story, I'm getting it from another source. And so 
so check out those sources. See if those are sources are reliable for you and believe or not believe them. That's up to you. Um, but yeah, check out places um, that you can find good information about the coronavirus and find out how you catch it, how you spread it and uh, follow those rules. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm collating all the information myself and uh, any of the information I can give you can be flawed. So go find out that information on your own. I would always recommend that. And lastly, we got an image from Holly. Uh, this is Glenn Beck as uh, <laughs> as Colonel Sanders. So good. And it is genuinely amazing. Glenn Beck should never do a show that's not him as Colonel Sanders. I mean, I think I, he should just change his show to the Colonel Sanders show and be that guy constantly. It's amazing. He looks fucking amazing. He looks so perfectly fucking Colonel Sanders. It's unreal. It's not like a little bit of a resemblance. Right. Here. It's yeah. like... If, if Colonel Sanders wasn't a drawing, yeah. this is 100% what he would have to look like. This is separated at birth. That's what that yeah, is. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. So we want to thank the Knowledge Fight guys, Stan and Jordan, for Great coming guys. on. Uh, had a lot of fun chatting with them. Uh, you can check out their podcast, knowledgefight.com. And uh, you can check out Jordan's book, thequietpartloud.com. It's a it's a book that you you decide how much you want to pay for it. So that's got to be, that's pretty badass. Um, that's go cool. Go check it out. Uh, and, uh, and thanks. We, we want to thank them for, so much for coming on. We had a lot of fun with them. Uh, but that is going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, we are going to leave you like we always do with the skeptics creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death in towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques, and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and information provided on this podcast are intended for entertainment purposes only. All opinions are solely that of Glory Hole Studios, LLC. Cognitive dissonance makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, currentness, suitability, or validity of any information and will not be liable for any errors, damages, or butthurt arising from consumption. All information is provided on an as-is basis. No refunds. Produced in association with the local Dairy Council and viewers like you.